All right. Welcome to a, another episode of How I Met Your Mortgage. As always, I'm your host, Adam Smith, with Just the Tips Coaching. And usually with me, although not today, is our marketing director and uh, one of our other coaches and just an all-around amazing human, Jen Wayboard. Jen has a lot of stuff in her life going on, personal stuff with pets and kids and school starting and so on and so forth. So you guys will have to bear with me because... Part of what goes on in the background is all this great tech stuff that she's usually driving. And sometimes I do it correctly and sometimes not. So we're going to experiment with that today. And another piece of that is that you guys actually get to see me with the reading glasses on because I can't see the computer really well without them. And since Jen's usually driving all of this and it's my turn, I'm going to wear them today. And there's a cute little anecdote behind that. I uh, am on a low carb diet, no carb diet. So I have to be able to read food packages and I couldn't. So I went to the optometrist and ran all the tests and all the additional tests. And she was very kind and said, yeah, your eyes are healthy beyond your years. You just have a lot of years. So the result is some reading glasses, which you guys are now getting to experience as well. So let's get on with the show because we have a couple of really cool guests for you guys today. And they've both been on the podcast before, but they've never been on the podcast together. So this is going to be really unique to me. So please welcome to the show, Dre Munyar and Megan Marwarsh. Hi, guys. I... Uh, Megan Marsh. Are we just going by Marsh now? A day's Megan. Sure. Three. Okay. Whatever. I go by everything. Okay. I'm going to stick with Dre and Megan um, because my uh, Spanish accent is atrocious, and of course, I know enough Spanish to say "el burro sabe más español que mí," which means a donkey speaks more Spanish than I do. Mm. I see Dre's getting a chuckle out of that, and of course, Dre is a polyglot and actually spends his time on different islands and continents to begin with but you guys have both been on the show in the past and we've had some cool chatter about your mortgage brokerage uh, i think the last time dre was on the show it was actually God, what was the name of it? dre keystone probably yeah because right. it was a year ago Okay. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's been longer than that. Uh, I think you were actually on the show before Megan was, and I think we did have collab at the time. But yeah, I really want to hear about what you guys are up to these days, where it pertains to what mortgage originators and real estate agents can be doing, should be doing with their business, how you guys are helping them, and of course, how people can get help from you. So yeah, let's take it away. Tell us about the shift to begin with. How did Collab come to be? Why don't you take it, Dre? Um, you know, I think that one of the things that you realize maybe when you're in the business long enough or when you're in down markets like this is how do you expand or how do you grow? You know, how do you get a bigger market share? And so Megan and I kind of started, you know, dabbling into other markets like Florida and Puerto Rico and Ohio and, you know, you know picking up a few extra loans here and there, especially as the market was turning. Um, and Megan and I met through collaboration, really. I remember when, um, you know, Megan was like, I'm going through an audit. Do you have this stuff? Like, I, I'm, I don't know what to do. And, um, and so as we were just growing, Keystone obviously stands for Pennsylvania, the Keystone State. 
and we were no longer really just kind of representing, you know, Keystone. We were trying to, you know, really just represent all home buyers and how could we help more people in general. Um, and so uh, one of our coaches kind of helped us to rebrand and, you know, we came up with Collab Lending, which at the end of the day stands for collaboration and how everything has come together. So here we are, Collab Lending. I, I think this is the final name. I, I won't, I won't say it is because you know, no, we are not changing ever again. <laughs> well, you guys have been collaborating for a lot longer than there's even been a collab lending. I can't recall how long it's been. Maybe one of you will, but we spent some time together in Miami, and that was certainly pre collab. But the two of you were already sick as thieves. And collaborating on a lot of stuff back then, and I'm guessing it was still Keystone at that time. So it seems like this is a really smooth transition. Now, don't get me wrong, I know changing names and rebranding and on and on is no small task. And you guys have witnessed a lot of our brethren do it whether they're just changing companies or they're figuring out that they need to really be branding themselves and not a big operation like Nexa or Fairway or whatever the case may be. And then obviously we've had a lot of colleagues change brands either from Fairway to Nexa or, you know, countless other choices and have had to go through that as well. Um, and that may actually lend some really great content for our audience, those watching live or in syndication or listening to the podcast, and why don't you give us a little bit of taste about what the challenges and the hurdles there were with the rebranding? I mean, anytime you rebrand, you think it's just changing a name, but you are changing so, so many things from your URLs to, you know, porting over your websites to your old emails, right? So all that stuff, it definitely gives your, our marketing director a headache and then our team so that's why we say we really hope that this is our our last change. And, um, you know, by growing deeper and wider for our long term goal, which is something I hear a lot of our loan originators say, like, this is a great business to be in. It's something we can control with our sales. But how do we how do we look long term and figure out how to have a business that can sustain without us at some point? Oh, that's actually brilliant. And let's get into that a little bit, if you don't mind, Megan, because we focus on, at JTT, we focus on three plateaus, essentially, through the course of the program. The first is to make sure you figured out how to build a strict repeat and referral business. We don't want people buying leads yep. or bus benches or grocery cart ads or any of that crap that isn't going to have the ROI on it anyway. Mm -hmm. Never mind the fact that chasing, you know, Zillow leads or Realtor.com leads is just such mind-numbing, low-conversion, horrible activity. The second one is to get to a point where you make sure you're really only doing things you love or things that are high-dollar activity, that pay you really well. And then, obviously, the pinnacle, what we really feel is the pinnacle, is how do I build this business that I can eventually walk away from while it still pays me? 
and that kind of thing. And don't get me wrong, a lot of real estate agents, a lot of loan originators do a lot of traditional type of stuff. You can buy stocks and do a 401k and an IRA and blah, blah, blah. And we would certainly hope that people, because of the industries that we're in, are smart enough to be doing things that are more real estate related, long-term rentals, short-term rentals, investments, flipping, whatever. There's all kinds of avenues there as well. But I think a lot of them lose sight of how to actually build a business that they can walk away from while it still pays them. And it sounds like you guys are trying to dial in on some ideas on how to do that. Yes. Well, what do you think? So, you know, it all started for me, everything kind of came to light. I've had, had four kids and right. so, right. And I think that women in our industry don't take the time that they need when they have their families. You know, the fact that to be able to take 12 weeks and not talk to a client is I would say rare. Agreed. And that kind of highlights the problem. And so it was something that years ago I thought about and after I don't know if it was before or during my third kid, uh, but right before Andre and I became business partners, my husband and I started a title company. And, and the only reason I did it was the original owner I worked for had a title company too. So I figured, okay, he knows what he's doing. He's, you know, a great business owner. Well, you know, Andre and I become business partners in Keystone and this title company starts and, you know, it's almost eight, nine years old. It is a significant income for us. Um, and we don't work in that business. Our businesses refer to it, but it gives us what most people like one to two times a normal salary for not working in that business. And that really made me think. And, and in 2019, Andre and I sat down and I'm like, we have to start doing the same things in our business. And and we went through this journey of trying to figure out what the heck was that. That's the biggest piece of it, right? Is getting over that hurdle of the imagining. What does it actually look like? Mm -hmm. And then obviously the ability to get from A to B, once we figured out that B is what we want it to look like and A being where we are, I think that a lot of people get stuck in that transition. And it can't really put the tactical pieces together to travel down that road. Mm -hmm. What what kind of advice would you guys give? Dre, what do you think was monumental, was instrumental in getting from A to B? I mean, it's, you know, because Megan and I had been business owners and we've been top producers. We're so used to being inside loans. And, you know, luckily for Megan and I, we decided, okay, you know, if we are going to pour you know, our heart and soul into something, um, you know, Megan was like, I will take a step back. I will stop originating as much and I will just put pen to paper 40 hours a week and figure out a course. That's how it started, right? We started as a course that, you know, eventually became more, but that's what we wanted to do is how, how do we build another revenue of another stream of income? And we decided to come up with this course of how to help people open up mortgage shops but again, luckily for Megan and I, there was two of us, so I could still originate and focus on the mortgage business while Megan, I mean, she's, we're at what, maybe three years, two, at least two years of not originating. Like, oh my, yeah. But, but but our little project just kept growing and growing is the problem, but we're finally at a point where we're officially launching it. And um, it's exciting because we're getting 
inquiries about these new products we've put together without, you know, we're doing our official launch currently. Um, and the whole goal of it was, hey, not just for us to have that additional income. I mean, yes, that's a byproduct, but how do we help other people do the same thing? How do I help other real estate brokers like my husband, loan officers, how do they create more income? And the thing that kind of came to mind with the course and teaching, and then we set it up as a franchise model because then it gives everyone this blueprint. You don't have to go, I mean, Adam, you and I, we, all three of us here, we've built our businesses from the ground up. How many mistakes, like if you had to quantify, how, how much money have you spent and wasted on things you didn't need, things that didn't work, systems that ended up, you had to redo them. I mean, have you ever even looked at that? Oh, it's, we consider a lot of our coaching program to be a scared straight program. It's been 25 years and I probably have a longer list of things that I have tried and do not work and have been a waste of money than things that do work and are cost effective and have an ROI. So yeah, we explain a lot to our coaching clients that a lot of this is don't do what Adam did because it wasn't worth it or it right. get screwed up or whatever the case may be. And yeah, there's a lot that is here is that blueprint. Absolutely. And so, that, so that's where we built a course, which we still have a course we're selling and that's part of it. Um, that's, you know, so we have our, it's called Broker Fast Track course, which is self, you do it yourself and you go online and it has modules and videos and workbooks and templates. Um, but then the next step is we want to figure out how to have a different conversation with loan officers. Like when you, when think about it, when retail recruits you, where, when other places recruit you, it's always come work for us, right? Right. You hold the power in this industry, totally. whoever holds the license, right? So how do we help other people? I didn't want to have anything to do. And Dre and I wanted to give them the power. So how do they have their own licenses, but we can still be part of their success. And we learned that doing a true franchise model, which I didn't even understand when we started this, but it's just pretty much ongoing coaching on the back end, Adam. And you're giving them every system, every checklist, every process, you're giving them the support on an ongoing basis. So they don't have to jump into opening a brokerage and not know what to do or not, or have to, you know, let's say also spend money on coaching if they work somewhere, which is hard, right? Which is hard before you own your own company sometimes. Sure. So yeah, that those are our, um, our two core businesses that we're helping others in the real estate industry, both real estate brokers and loan officers. We have a blueprint and um, we hold their hand the whole way through if they want that piece, if they just want something that gives them the information, we've got our course. This is brilliant. How can these people find it? They can go to our website where all of our information is, is thecolablife.com. Thecolablife.com. I'm going to put that into the uh, comments on all of our live streams here. So if you are uh, catching this in syndication or you're actually just listening to the podcast, Megan's going to give that to us again. And I can give you some more of the direct the after co, the show. Co-lab life. Yep. The collablife.com. All right. So we will certainly do that. Um, what do you think? 
think is the most attractive piece of your puzzle? Where are most people seeking that help? Where are most of the people flocking to what, I guess, where are people lacking? What is their, what are the biggest hangups? What are the biggest hurdles? What are the biggest gaps where an organization like CoLab, really it's such a people business. Let's just say the people like Megan and Dre could help fill those gaps. Where, where are you guys seeing the biggest hurdles that people are having? And I'm not going to hog that. So this is going to be my last thing. Then I'll let Dre say it. Okay. We were trying to launch this actually back in November, December. And the biggest hurdle we were finding when we met with people was, and it's the reason why people will go work for someone instead of starting their own is the back office support. They are like, I'm not good at doing paperwork or I don't know how I'm afraid of like compliance or HR. Right. So they're very, very nervous and fearful of that. And the thing with a course and a franchise is it doesn't do it for you. It teaches you how to do it. It gives you everything that you need, but you still have to do it. Oh, you still got to do the work. You still got to do the work. You're not going to just hand me something where I can go sit on the couch with a bag of chips and the remote all day and be successful. I still have to work. Well, we did make it easier though. So we ended up we ended up adding to this product mix for our course and our franchise. People can come on board and because we started looking at some of the other models with how much is being taken out of their paychecks to have that stuff done, even if it's a net branch. And we ended up coming up with what's called broker concierge. So when somebody uh, takes our course or if they are looking at joining our franchise, they can either say, I just, I just want the franchise and I'll do all the pieces and you guys will walk me through it. Or they can actually up upgrade. And we have a concierge team now who does the back office thing. So we have, we have the operations in our company. And so we're just using that team and growing out that team to help other people as they're opening up their brokerages. Many, many years ago, and Dre may have even been there, I spoke at a mortgage conference in Las Vegas and had dinner with a handful of people after, and a good friend of ours who's no longer with us um, asked me, what's the one thing you would tell somebody to do to get where you're at? And I said, work hard for 20 years. It's it's the, the formulas exist, and we're not working on anything that's brand new. There's not a whole lot out there that is revamping the way the businesses are done. It's a little new technology. We're implementing AI. Perhaps we're doing good short form video, whatever. There are some developments, but 80, 90% has been synonymous throughout the history of our careers. It's really just a matter of implementation, constancy, consistency. And gosh, I'm no rocket scientist. Trust me, those of you watching or listening, if I can do it, (laughs) you can do it. All right, so Dre, what is Megan leading into here where she wants you to uh, be up on the uh, proverbial virtual stage here as far as what kinds of potholes, what kinds of gaps people or you guys are seeing in your audience? Yeah, I think that one of the biggest... Thing, one of the biggest reasons we really were excited about this whole like how do we help people become a broker is that there just wasn't you know the the broker market share shrunk so much that there really wasn't a lot of brokers out there especially for the past few years and 
Um, people really had no idea what it was, what a broker was. They had no idea what the compliance was. And so those are really the potholes that we tried to fill is, you know, how do you even become a mortgage broker? I mean, even debunking the myths, you know, people think that I don't have the same right to call an underwriter. Like, yeah, you know, that's a good myth. Yep. and I've heard, you know, oh, well, they can't pay your health insurance or, you know, you can't control your pricing or, you know, you lose total, like just all of those things. And wait, these are things that people think go on in the broker world. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, the, wow. Okay. The amount of lists we've collected that that, you know, why not to become a broker? Because, you know, retail shops scare their loan officers and like, hey, if you go work over there, this is what's going to happen. Um, oh, my and, you know, those are those are definitely some of the holes that in, that we want to fill. And kind of, Adam, like you said, you you hear people jump around from like, you know, whatever company to whatever company. And to me, I mean, I've been a broker for 16 years and I'm like, why do you keep jumping from retail lender to retail lender when you could just work for a broker shop? And if lender A made you mad, well, stop using them. You now have tw you still have 25 other options. Like why? 50, 100. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, we really wanted to plug some of the holes of, you know, what was a broker and, you know, what goes on on the back end and the checklists and the, you know, the, all of that. So those are some of the holes that we wanted to plug. And, um, and as Megan said, the reason it's been ongoing for two years is because then it evolved into these other things. And, and then people kept saying, well, what about this? So at this point now, I believe that everything is complete and there there's almost no there's no rebuttal. Like you can't, you don't have an excuse to not, you know, come to this side if, if you wish, you know, to do that. Have, have either of you worked on the retail side? Yes. We were both executives for. Oh, I do remember you, <laughs> Dre, doing executive and recruitment on the retail side. That was movement. We loved it. <laughs> okay. I'm not detecting any sarcasm in that comment. So I've, been doing this a long time and i've only ever been a broker or a broker owner i do and we get the question a lot about retail versus wholesale banker versus broker and i don't really have answers to those questions because i've never seen the other side so most of it most of my responses my retorts to that are i don't know i've only seen this side of it i know where the benefits lie i know where the deficits lie and obviously, the only thing I've ever heard, good or bad, on the retail side has come from people that have experienced it. And I do know that the two of you have experienced it. And I'm going to say that that was a less than positive experience, just to be nice about it. Um, but yeah, I do recall that. And I'm really surprised that we're talking to retail people who have these beliefs like i can't control my pricing that's one of the most ridiculous things i've ever heard in fact i think i have more control from what i've heard every and, retail person who's joined us has said that you have yeah, more control here right and that i'm not allowed to talk to an underwriter uh, or that i can't talk directly to an under now my company's policy my mortgage uh, brokerage's policy is that 
Adam's not allowed to talk to underwriters because <laughs> Adam doesn't know what he's talking about, right? You guys know because of our circles that the long time running joke is that the only thing Adam knows about mortgages is how to get them. But Adam's not allowed to talk to underwriters. And I have LOAs and processors that actually do know this stuff. And unfortunately, they do spend a good amount of time teaching underwriters guidelines. I would love to see that come to an end, but neither here nor there. It is a very complex industry. There's so many different wholesale mortgage banks, and there's so many different products with each one, and there's so many different guidelines along each product, and so on and so forth, that it is complicated. There's no question. So credit where credit's due to my mortgage team, because they are wizards or sorcerers or something, and I'm not going to interfere. But yeah, never, ever heard where I'm not able to talk directly to an underwriter. That one's... Uh, it, I am stunned that there are retail loan originators contemplating the wholesale channel that think that or have even been told that. It's the fear mentality, I think. And I think the hardest thing for us switching over was we were stuck trying to figure out how to have a business that could run without us. And we thought maybe that was the answer, which that was just not good decision processing on our part because, mm. because okay, like, I don't know why nobody thinks about this and we didn't when we switched over, but okay. At the end of your career, what, what do you have, right? If you work somewhere, I mean, you've got to be really good about saving or you've got to really have great benefits at a company versus when you own a business, you're building equity if you do it the right way. Sure. And, you know, we saw that just in the last month, you know, we we sold a, some a couple shares of our business to um, other loan officers and people that are helping take over and just manage our business. And those are checks you receive from the business you build. Would that ever happen at a company you worked for? Fair enough. Yeah, that was probably not going to occur at a uh, big retail operation as a loan originator, as a branch manager. Uh, so on and so forth. Yeah, these kinds of things really don't occur. It, it's not impossible. I don't want for those of you watching or listening, uh, you're, you're in mortgages, you work for a big retail operation, you're in real estate, you work for a, a flag, a Keller, a Remax, so on and so forth. Please don't let us convince you that you're not going to be able to achieve the opportunity to build Correct. a business that you can walk away from while it still pays you because that does exist. Is it different? Is it more work? Maybe these kinds of things are true, but please don't think for a minute that you can't work for a Keller Williams and still build a business that you can walk away from someday while it still pays you. That possibility exists. You just have to have that blueprint mm -hmm. that Megan and Dre have been talking about. You have to know how to get from A to B you have to envision B. You have to lay out the steps that it's going to take to get there. It's just different than what the three of us are describing for you here. But please don't think for a minute that it's not possible. No, and actually it is possible for, especially in the real estate industry, you know, real estate agents are 1099. They can form, they can get paid to an LLC. They can own other parts of other businesses. Um, you know, those are things that, people should think about. Right. And, and also, you know, that's kind of the whole point of what we're doing is we want people to be able to get their checks as a 1099 and have a business. Real estate does that mortgage doesn't do that as much. Usually we have to be W2 employees, right? 
that's the theory. Yes, I see a lot uh, of there's people, always that, that I see a lot of people uh, dabbling in the gray areas, but yes, I I well <laughs> let's just put it this way. I'm certainly never gonna go down for being unethical. <laughs> I, I might go down for being negligent because I don't know what the hell I'm doing, but yeah, we are certainly gonna stay on the uh uh, yeah, we the, won't the go green anywhere. side. Yeah, and if you called five attorneys and five accountants, they have five different answers. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. So, what's next for Colab? Where are you guys going? So we have a goal of uh, of having you know helping fifty loan officers and real estate brokers open up their own. You know, in the next three years, we want that's our goal. Is we would like to help. 50 different um, loan officers and real estate agents open up their own mortgage brokerages if it's a second source of income or a primary and, and you know, just taking a different route in the mortgage industry. So um, that's really where, you know, we're heading. And right now is, is that help and that support role um, as we manage our brokerage as well. And that's like Dre said, where he fo is focusing and I'm on the the coaching, more the coaching consulting side, like you, Adam. Yeah, I think that there's, I think the market share is only at like 23% right now for mortgage brokers. Which so. is high over the course of our careers. Over, yeah. I mean, it was, for most of it, it was probably under 10. And I remember when we got to like 15, that was like, yay, brokers are <laughs> making a footprint. So we're getting there. So with just, you know, we feel that there's still a ton of more opportunity for brokers and for people to really understand the model. And, um, you know, I don't that crash isn't going to happen again. So, you know, I think that we're going to still see a ton more people come over to the broker side with that opportunity over the next few years. I, I think your goal is lofty and attainable. I think it, I think 50 in three years is a really solid number of uh, people you guys could help over that time frame going down this path i think that's really respectable oh yes you know you never know till you jump into it but um but yeah we've got the back office infrastructure and and we're we're about to have a really fun couple of years here i think so too and guys this was for those of you watching or listening it was never our intent to get dre and megan on the show and have them oh no go lab they, we, I want to hear about it. I love these people. I don't get to see them nearly enough. They're either on the East Coast or, frankly, on an island somewhere, making the rest of us jealous with their social media bullshit. <laughs> um, so I, 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 if I could live with just the dog on the beach, uh, the, well, um, Dre does have a really tight, significant other now, and I've had the opportunity to meet him as well and he is incredible um but yeah we obviously all have very different lifestyles we all live in very different parts of the world and we're still able to collaborate like this speaks fucking volumes about what we're doing so you guys i don't want you to think that i had them on the show to push or promote or anything like that but you are going to hear me give them a rigging endorsement go check out what collab can do for you if you're in the mortgage space if you're contemplating the mortgage space these guys have worked really really hard really making personal sacrifices mm -hmm. to build this out and i know this sounds cliche this colloquialism this old zig ziglar kind of shit that 
just help as many people as you can get what they want and you'll get what you want. And believe it, guys, when I tell you that Dre and Megan have adopted that and taken it to heart, that your success, if you want to work with them, is their success. That's really what they're mm -hmm. striving for because they know the rest of it is in the details. They know full well that the more people they can help succeed, they're more the more they're going to succeed. So, yeah, take that to heart. All right. Tell us, where can we catch you guys? You, you're gonna. Uh, we're getting into conference season. We, we've got uh, Originator Connect this week, and I've seen Fuse, and I know that all kinds of things are coming up on the schedule, and we could talk for hours about why we've, industry-wise, we've fallen into this rut, why we think fall is good conference schedule time. And to keep it brief, that's because those of you in real estate and mortgages, while you were busy in the summer, you weren't working on your business. You weren't doing your lead gen shit that you should be doing constantly and consistently. So your business has slowed down in the fall. Yay, that's a good time to do conferences because business has slowed down. It hasn't. You have. Neither here nor there. Where can we catch you guys? What are you guys going to be doing for the rest of the year in a more public manner? Where, where can I run into Dre and pepper him with questions Social like media. I did at Fuse last year? You can, uh, you'll definitely see me at Fuse this year. So okay. going to Fuse, um, you can see me at AmpCon as well in Dallas. Going to go to AmpCon. And my latest project, if you really want to follow me, you can follow me on all things Puerto Rico and real estate on TikTok. Cool. Really getting into some content creating about just all things Puerto Rico. So those are the three places you can catch me. All right, Megan. And don't get me wrong. I think the last time the three of us actually collaborated together was PodFest. Oh, my God. Right before wow. the world <laughs> fell apart, March of 20. Yeah. We were all in Orlando together. All right, Megan, how can my audience keep up with you and what you and Collab are up to? Yes. Yeah, so not that I don't want to learn about Puerto Rico. In fact, that's probably higher on my list. Yeah. But neither well, when we have our uh, event in Puerto Rico, we'll let you know. How's cool. that? Excellent. Okay, good. No, I think both for Andre and I, um, finding us on social media, which will give you those, um, will give you those extensions. My, um, it's Megan Marsh or uh, Money Mentor Meg is what we go by. F going and looking up, we are always posting, you know, webinars we're doing, um, events we're going to. You know, Dre just went to the Beyonce concert, so you could follow him doing that. He's great. I mean, um, Dre does an excellent job on social media, so I, I learn a lot from him there. Uh, but yeah, we're going to be all over at different places. Um, just connecting with people that we can help and uh, trying to help our team get better and uh, taking them to places too. Cool. This has been fantastic. Jen would normally be cueing me that I'm running over. And Jen, if you are uh, catching this in syndication, uh, yeah, bite me. I wanted to talk to Megan and Dre for as long as I possibly could. And thank you to the both of you. We love you guys. I am so sorry we don't get to see more of each other. Um, but that's, you know, what being busy and being distant uh, drives. And, of course, uh, before we went live, we were discussing how time-consuming being an adult is. And uh, aside from what's going on at Colab or Just the Tips or your mortgage company or my mortgage company, we're spouses, we're parents, we're pet owners. We have all kinds of adulting 
to take care of. So I know carving out this kind of time on a Monday morning is a big deal. So thank you both really from the bottom of my heart for doing it. Um, I am going to do my best at doing the wrap up that Jen would normally be doing here. But for those of you watching or listening, yes, you can catch us live at 10.30 Mountain Time on Mondays on Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, etc. If you want to just listen to the podcast, it is on Apple and Spotify and Amazon Podcasts. If you want to find out more about us, if you want to find previous episodes, if you want to subscribe to our vlog, The Weekly Little Tip, if you want to get a copy of my book, and of course, if you want to attend the Mile High Mastermind, where we run a lot of this, Trey, you've been, because I have, I have photos of you at Red Rock, so I know that that was, uh, here we go, yeah. Dre's, Dre's seeing concerts, no surprise there, um, and if you guys want any of that stuff, use our text code, text tips to 63566, it'll ping you back all that stuff, and probably a bunch more, because Jen's far better at uh dealing with that content that gets pinged back when you do use our text code than I am every now and then I text it just to see what the hell I am pinging back to people. But other than that, thank you guys. I love having you on the show and hopefully Jen will get your book for a new one, another episode. A, I guess we can't call it a sequel at that point because this is our sequel. You guys have been on before, but we'll do it again soon. But yeah, thank you for everything. We love you guys. And for those of you watching or listening, go check out Coab Lending, the collablife.com. Megan and Dre are incredible. And I think you would feel the same way about them if you knew them the way that we do too. Other than that, we'll sign off. We'll catch you guys next week with another episode of How I Met Your Mortgage. And Megan, Dre, thank you. Love you guys. Thank we'll you. talk soon. Bye-bye.